Hey everybody, this is Sam. Thank you for listening. We got a long two-part episode. Actually, I'm going to publish this in two chunks for you. This is part one where we talk more about the serious stuff. Part two is going to talk more about just the kit. In fact, it's only going to talk about the kit. Anyway, part one, it was all recorded Sunday night. It's Monday now, and you know, on Sunday night, we didn't know anything about a possible new, young, possible coach coming in from the Manchester United coaching staff. We didn't know anything about that, so there's nothing about that in this episode, and actually, we might have to eat a little bit of crow if this news is true, but that's okay. We're publishing the episode anyway. This is part one. Again, mostly talking about some serious stuff. Part two, look for part two. It'll come out very, very soon, if not already. Part two, we're just going to talk about the kit. All right, let's go. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. Justin and James are out today, but this is Sam, and I got some friends with me. First of all, we got Doomsday Jeremy. Hey, Pod on You Loons, it's Doomsday. Doomsday, not really a guest. He's on the show enough that we even put his Twitter handle in our regular Twitter bio, but definitely not a stranger to the show. We also got Ben. Yep, I'm back. He's not on the show much, but he is in our group chat, so that's cool. Yeah, love being part of it. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for messaging us enough that we were like, hey, why don't you just join the group chat? That was cool. Yep. An example of someone we met through just following Minnesota United. Another person that we just met through following Minnesota United doing this podcast, we got the PA Loon here. Hot on you loons. It's PA Loon back again. First time since... Last year's kit episode. Yes. Yeah, this is the kit episode. We're going to talk about some other news today, but we thought, you know, this is a highlight of most Pot on You Loons listeners. This is a highlight of your year is listening to a bunch of dudes in their 30s and 40s talk about fashion. So we're here for that, right? We're here to fulfill that desire of yours. We are going to start off with some news. Got it. Actually, more news stories than I thought. I thought we were just going to be talking about the kit, but there are some more news stories. We'll start off with we wrapped up preseason a 0 0 draw against Charlotte. Now, we got about three goals across the four preseason games. We went 1 1 against Montreal, 2 1 against Phoenix Rising, 0 4 against Chicago Fire, but that was mostly the reserves playing. Now, 0 0 against Charlotte. Now, I'm going to read you guys the lineup, and I guess the question is, will this be the debut lineup for the interim coach Cameron Knowles when our season starts in Austin this Saturday night? So this was a 4-3-3. This also was a 4-3-3 with the notable absences of Emmanuel Reynoso, who's still recovering from whatever knock he received. Kervin Ariaga, who has also some sort of injury, and then Bongi, who is wrapping up some sort of issue with his visa. But here is the 4-3-3 lineup. 
Again, I'm interested. Do you guys think this will be the lineup? Our goalkeeper, Dane St. Clair, no surprise. Defense left to right, we got Rosales, Tapias, Boxy, and Taylor. Midfield left to right, we got Dotson, Trapp, and Lud. And then our three up top, we got Fregapane on the left, Puki in the center, and Sangbin on the right. What are you guys thinking? Well, I mean, depending on, obviously, it sounds like Ray is closer back to practice or maybe back to practice already. So it's potentially possible that Ray will be able to play. I do like, uh, I've seen that lot has played um, some up front and some in midfield. So I like him in midfield personally, given the construct of what we have. But I mean, I think it's going to be pretty close. Even if Bongi Ziza stuff gets figured out, he's probably not going to play in the opener. Probably going to take some time for fitness to get where it needs to be. And then obviously Ariaga. Not really sure based on who we have at Ariaga is a preferred starter right now. Yeah, I agree. And right, we've always been kind of talking about, you know, Lud, it seems like his long-term plan, and maybe this was part of Heath's long-term plan and Heath isn't there anymore to be part of this plan, but it seemed like part of Lud's long-term plan was to, you know, come back a little bit, maybe play a little bit more in the midfield rather than being such you know, an attacking option. So this might be just part of the natural progression of Rod Robin Lud being more of a true midfielder as opposed to an attacking winger. Yeah. I will miss Yowie's whenever he got moved up top, like after those like kind of like 60, 70 minute substitutions, he was usually pretty good. And I feel like he scored most of his goals kind of like pretty late in games like that when he got moved up. So it will be interesting. He's obviously good at putting the ball on target, which some of our players aren't great at. But yeah, he's definitely oh, getting kind of older, and I feel like, you know, a little less surprised at attacking up top. Well, and don't get me wrong, I still assume he's our backup striker, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he will move up top, you know, late game sometimes like that if people are getting subbed off. <laughs> I mean, I think you're joking, but are you? I'm not joking. Like he legitimately, I mean, he legitimately is pro and honestly, like, if you think about kind of the way they, you know, obviously we don't know because we don't have a coach and I'll say it that way because that's the way I feel about it. We don't have a coach. We're going to have this interim guy and who knows how long it's going to be. And it's just going to be that way forever until they pick somebody. But the way I look at it is, is that load Pookie very rarely played full games last year like rarely ever mm -hmm. did a full 90. So I could absolutely see Fuki coming off, load moving up front, and then, you know, Ariaga might come into the midfield or, you know, you move some guys around like that. I, I easily could see that being the case. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen much of Tani Olosai. He would probably be the next in line of, as far as, like, the true strikers go in the depth chart, but... I mean, like I said, we didn't see him that much last year. We have seen Lud in that position quite a bit. So, yeah, that could be I'm right. We the thing is, is that we have no shortage of attacking wingers. So having Lud play more in, say, an eight role or in a striking role. That's a good spot for Lud. Lud is one of our best players and he performs well in those spots. Obviously, Bongi coming back, Bongi on the right wing, 
I guess we don't know is Sang Ben going to going to progress. I mean, he could have another like breakout season. He could be the second the second guy from a a South country, South Africa, now South Korea. Jeremy's got the South Africa, South Korea, like solidarity scarf going on right now. Sorry, this is a visual format or you can't see you're we're in audio format. Oh man, I'm in off season mode. We're in audio format. You can't see us right now, but Jeremy has this beautiful, like South Africa, South Korea, bongi sang bin scarf. He also has a sweet blue and black Mohawk or black and blue Mohawk. You guys that don't have black and blue mohawks, myself included, like we got to step up our game to match this guy. Anyway, what were we talking about? I got distracted by the mohawk. Well, you know, well, you're, we were talking about the lineups and stuff too. And I think the other piece is that like, you know, it was pretty easy to be able to kind of predict what we were going to do with Heath, right? We kind of knew what Heath wanted, what Heath was going to roll out. He didn't change his lineups drastically a lot. But now, like, I mean, how can you predict it? Who the hell knows? I don't know. I don't I don't know what they're going to do because we don't know what this coach likes to do. We don't know if they're going to put something together that's just more comfortable for the players because they don't have a full-time manager. I mean, it's – can you tell I'm frustrated about the manager part? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest question is how much is – he going to come in and just steady hand at the wheel, maintain the status quo. Like you said, the comfortability for the players, like they know what they're doing here and how much does he want to rock the boat? Like, is he instilling his own system or is it just keep on keeping on with what, you know, I mean, as much as that thrills everyone that was glad to see Heath packing up his, his desk and walking out with a box under his arm, you know, if we're going to just maintain that kind of system, then yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on the uh, the frustration bus about what exactly are we doing this season. I just felt if the organization was going to get rid of Heath, I assumed it was because they had a plan, and like there clearly doesn't seem to be a plan other than the announcement of like they've they have some magical list somewhere where they've narrowed it down to 16 candidates or whatever the heck the list said. I. I'm being sarcastic. I can't remember how what the actual announcement was, but like that's all we've heard. Like it's not. I mean, like and and exactly exactly PA what you just said. If we're not going to be switching systems, we're just going to roll out the same old Heath, you know, way of doing things. Then I mean, like as much as I was all about Heath out, why is he out if we don't have a plan? Well, I think the keyword you mentioned there is assume. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going on. I'm not sure there is a plan. I think that is a plan that we don't have a plan. We're going to roll out there and just hope that other teams can't figure out. Like, no one's going to expect that it's like the Spanish Inquisition in a Python sketch. Like, no one's going to see it coming, whatever we throw at them. But I don't, I'm not sure that that's a, a great plan, but it seems like that's what we've got. Like, so what are the chances that one of the two scenarios I'm going to lay out for you are what happened with Heath? Scenario one, that the Minnesota United Brass didn't want to let go of Heath, but thought that it came to a point with the fan base that they needed to let Heath go as people were deciding whether or not they wanted to renew their season tickets or not. So they sort of let him go without a plan in order to, to appease the fan base. Or that they're looking for a coach the same way they look for 
designated players. And that is that they are going to wait until the summer when the coaches that are currently in Europe are uh, done with their season. I would say between those two plans, I think plan A, I would refer to as the sugar rush plan, because that might feel good momentarily that, okay, you convince some season ticket holders, maybe renew for your seats, keep sending the organization money. But how's that working out right now? If that was your plan, like how are those people feeling, you know, butts in seats in a couple of weeks here and they're showing up and they don't even know who's in charge of things. So if that was the plan, I don't know that I like that one. And the other plan B, if this is going the way that we find our DPs, um, don't put that on the brochure because well, yeah. they, don't exactly, they don't exactly have the most stellar track record of finding. So, I mean, are we going to get some like third tier manager from Latin America strolling in and we're going to overpay him just because somebody has to be in charge and then we can can him later whenever it doesn't work out? The European model, I don't know who you would go after. I think the one that gives me alarm, especially in this part of the country, is if that's the plan, we saw DC United go down that route uh, when they brought over their coach. And then like a couple months later, the players are all talking about how abusive and toxic the place was. Like that became a nightmare for that organization. So I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like there is a plan. And I've had similar thoughts to what you've said, Sam, but the more I think through those, the more I really wonder what is going on behind the scenes. And you just hope that there is something going on. I think, it, you know, you hope that you pull the curtain back and there's a little old man, but maybe there is no wizard in this Oz that there's just an empty seat and we're trying to figure out from the other side, but I don't know what's happening back there. It's, it is a bit alarming at this point that we're this close and it feels like this might just be kind of a throwaway season. Well, and it also, I mean, what I don't even know what they call it within the organization, the new GM or the new, whatever the new guy is. Uh, chief sporting officer. Okay. Well, the chief sporting officer, like I think about other sports, right? You don't like hire a guy and they're like, Oh yeah, just, you know, take three months at your other place of business and, just, you know, finish up there whenever you're ready. Feel free. We'll, we'll just put everything on hold until you can make it over here. Like, that's the way it felt. It was almost like, you know, you say you announce that you hired this guy. Oh, but he's not coming until, you know, mid to late January. And like, you know, by the time he got here, it's like we could have already been starting some of this stuff. And who it, I don't know. It just you want to go cloak and dagger. That's fine. We don't know anything. And, you know, I mean, heck, and. You know, me and Sam are big Packer fans and they do the whole cloak and dagger thing for everything they do also. And it's almost it's almost to the point of annoyance. And it's the same thing here. It's just like, I mean, and clearly like they're not they're not going to go out and try to hit a home run. Like, I know we joke about it, but, you know, Jose Moreno's not coming. You know, Jurgen Klopp's not coming. Like, if that is the plan, I'll I'll come on here and you know, talk about what an idiot I was, but <laughs> they're not coming. <laughs> You're, yeah. You don't have to worry about Jurgen, Jurgen. Uh, you don't have to worry about Jurgen Klopp, but like they could go and I mean, I mean, this is the club that brought in Emmanuel Reynoso. I mean, we got to give them at least some credit that we are in what our seventh year of MLS play. And I mean, last year was the first really bad year 
if you don't, I mean, I don't count the first two. I give them a slide for the first two. Last year was the first like really disappointing year that we've had. The club has been run efficiently. It's been run efficiently. It hasn't been run great. We don't have any trophies, but we have been in contention for, tr for trophies. We have made things interesting. I don't like feel like a lot of just disappointment towards the club. If they need a year to just sort of punt the ball, I'm okay with that. I'm really just sort of sitting back trying to figure out the, what is the plan? I know you guys are saying this too. What is the plan? We might not hit a home run this year. I'm okay with that, but I, I really want to see the plan start to form. And I don't know if, if their guy isn't going to be available until the summer and they want to wait for their guy. I'm cool with that. The same way I was fine with the, the chief sporting officer. If he needed to be at Barnsley for three more months before he could make his way over to Minnesota, I, I'm fine with that. If he legit is the guy, if he's the guy that they're planning things around. But Sam, you, you talked about the punting for one more year. And here's my issue with that. Like other sports, like you can play some of that long-term game. But like, if we have another year like last year, what are the chances that Ray's going to want to come back? I mean, like, honestly, like, Zero. what are the chances that Ray's going to want to come back? So then you bring in a manager, you've lost your best player. And yes, you have that money now. You can utilize it in other ways, whatever transfer fee you got for him, great. But at the end of the day, like, you lose Ray. I mean, and top five MLS players, in my opinion. I mean, if you go around and look at what he is and what he does for his team. So, like, why would we take a year when we have a player like that? We have a professional striker like Buki. We have lots of depth at the uh, wing spots. And then, you know, what do we do this offseason? We got rid of our coach. We haven't found another one. Our biggest issue was our defense. We have done very little to fix it. It, it kind of seems like we have the pieces. Why are we not pushing forward with it instead of – that's my only issue with the one more year. One more year for what? Well. Right. Cause we're a bargain bin team, right? We wait for the summer. Like what was the last big true off season signing? Like all of our big signings all happened in the middle of the year. Like, I just am not that surprised that we're waiting that we didn't sign a coach in the off season. I'm just not surprised by it. I, I mean, you got to go back to like 2019 um, when like Jan Gregor and Ozzy Alonzo and Ike Parra all came in at the same time. But other than that, like, Lud was a mid-season signing. Ray was a mid-season signing. Pookie was a mid-season signing. Um, Adrian Hanu didn't work out, but he was a mid-season signing. Like they're they're all mid-season signings. And I guess I'm just that's what we do. That that's what we do. We don't pay extra so that we can get a player to leave their European season or their South American season to get to us when we really want them as fans. We get them when they are cheaper. I I don't know. I, I could be wrong. It's not like anyone on the inside is telling me this, but that's just what I've observed. And it would be nice if there's more transparency on like what their direction is with the coach. Like Jeremy said, they've like kind of hinted at it a little bit, but you just you shouldn't be hiring a coach mid season like you would with players. That's just not how like a good team is run. And maybe like since our new sporting director or whatever his title is, you said, 
like since he is from Barnsley, like maybe he has some European connections, which would be cool to get, you know, a bigger name coach. But I mean, we're flyover country here in Minnesota. Like we're not like my bet is we're going to hire some MLS retread, you know, been around a little bit kind of guy, but you can always hope for some well, big he- name somewhere. And he was part of the city group, like the Manchester City, New York City, Melbourne City. He was part of that group. So maybe we get well, Pat. I, and I guess, Sam. Just kidding. Just I, kidding. Don't go on Reddit and say we're getting You can always dream. <laughs> I'm tweeting it now, yeah. Sam. <laughs> I think, like, um, it's where I, I, I struggle with what I hear and, and what I think, right? Like, you're right, Sam. We are that team. We are the bargain bin team. We do that, all that kind of stuff. But, like, and if that's the case, then just be honest with who we are. Like there was a pretty bold statement made about us being a contending team and, and wanting to make a change so that we are putting our better foot forward. Right. Like that was a big statement that was made after they, they fired Heath. So like, it's kind of yep, like, okay, you said this and yet you've done literally nothing to like actually follow through on it so was that just lip service again to say like hey buy your season tickets but like that's a one-year fix like what are they going to do next year i i mean like i said that's why i threw that one out as the first possibility like what are the chances that they were just looking to appease the fans who i i mean i don't want to say the majority of the fan base just never really liked heath but i think a, a a loud portion of the fan base never liked heath and this was, I, I, I think, letting go of Heath without really a plan to replace him. There might be some truth to the whole, like, let's get people to renew their season tickets, even though we don't have a plan kind of thing. Because we're on the interim interim, right? Like, we lost our first interim already. Now we're on our second interim. And, like, nothing against the guy, right? But it's just very, very clear that he wasn't the plan when we let go of Heath, that Cameron Knowles was not the plan when we let go of Heath. So I don't know, maybe we got something exciting coming along, but I, I kind of assume that we're still sort of figuring things out. And as for like Ray's in his prime, like why are we punting the ball when Ray's in his prime? You know, that whole not showing up last season for like a big chunk of the season, I have a feeling really sort of, sunk his value quite a bit so like if we're punting the ball ideally you would you know sell some of your 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 most valued assets such as ray but his valuation at least if you look at transfer mark his valuation is down quite a bit probably because he missed a big portion of the season so like maybe in in pookie right like pookie's in you know he's still a top quality striker especially in the mls but he's in the twilight of his career. He's still performing super high. He hasn't hit a cliff. I'm psyched that he's here. But like, you know, there's not like a huge market to go and sell those guys off. It could be a punt the ball situation. And maybe we're a punt the ball situation, but we still have all of our stars because we can't really sell them for much at the moment, at least for not what they're worth. Yeah, Plus, I think- everyone makes the playoffs. Sorry, go P. Go no, you're bringing in bringing in the chief soccer officer, like getting some organization in the front office. That's that's all well and good, but 
you know, I probably watch more English League One than all of us here because my club's battling relegation there right now. Whenever our chief soccer officer took over at Barnsley, they were in the championship. They crashed out in dead last, and they've made the they've made the playoffs the following year. Lost out to Chef Wednesday uh, at Wembley. They're currently sitting in playoff position now, but it's not like he took over a, a club that was a mess, which the EFL is full of those, mine included, and navigated them back to the championship. They they couldn't get it done, and we'll see. I mean, it it doesn't look like they're going to bounce back now, but. It doesn't instill a lot of hope that he took over and turned a ship around. He took over a ship that was falling, and they kept falling, and now he's here. Yep. Well, I guess we'll just continue to have more uh, questions than answers, but we probably want to move on so we can get going on talking about Kip yeah. eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, I know I had posed the question, will we actually score more goals this year? Does any of you have something profound to say here, or should we just move on to the fact that we we're going to start the season without refs? The well, and big up all around. I think Jeremy could maybe predict. Jeremy could predict how many goals Pookie or Bongi's <laughs> going to have. I profound. mean, thirty plus, obviously. I mean, it's it's Bongi. He had like nine, <laughs> ten. It depends. Do his his league cup uh, goals count? Because he's going to score like ten. And, and in the league, cup, yeah, I'll count. Hey, any goal he scores um, this year, I'll count it. Hey, uh, but Sam, I think that with this ref thing, as a Packers, oh, so fan, we are moving on to the refs. Oh, we are uh, you mentioned it, so uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, is, let's let's move on to the refs. Yeah, at this ref thing, as a Packer fan, it just really does not sit well having uh, replacement referees. <laughs> I was living with Jeremy during the NFL replacement referees, like three games that season. What season was that? Like 14? Till in 14? I don't, yeah, I don't even know, it, but it was. I thought we were going to get kicked out of our apartment or at very least like have the police called on us. That Seattle Seahawks, it was either a Sunday night or a Monday night game. And Jeremy, you had, that had to have been your all time biggest meltdown, right? It was up there. Like, it was bad. I mean, like, literally, if you think about it, literally that game, that Packers game, it was so bad that they brought the regular refs back the next week. Yes. Like, they were just yeah. like, we can't do it anymore. But, yes, Sam, it was pro – I don't know if it was my biggest meltdown because when I was younger, like, I was kind of an idiot. So, like, it might not have been my biggest, but it was my biggest in a while. <laughs> That for sure was the biggest one I've ever seen you have. And I've watched a lot of sports with you. That was the biggest meltdown I've ever seen you have. So, um, you know, we won't go much into it. But yeah, that was the fail Mary. Russell Wilson, who I'm on record. I love Russell Wilson. He threw a Hail Mary to, uh, I mean, it was Golden Tate, who did an committed offensive pass interference that was um, uncalled by the refs. Didn't actually catch the ball, but put his hands on it as the Packers defensive back was uh, kind of coming to the ground. And that is what ended the NFL referee lockout. So we are currently heading towards an MLS referee lockout. So according to ESPN, the Professional Soccer Referees Association, which represents officials in the MLS, USL, and NWSL, they rejected a new collective bargaining agreement 
Now, it's important to mention 98% of its members participated in the vote and 95.8 voted to reject the CBA. So that's pretty significant support against accepting what they were offered. Now, the MLS season starts on Wednesday, like as in this Wednesday, as in a few days from now with Inter-Miami playing RSL. But we will, unless something drastic happens, we will likely be without our regular officials. Now, the only thing we really have for reference was 2014. So, I again, I forget what year the NFL referee lockout occurred, but the last MLS official lockout occurred in 2014. In that case, right, the 2014 season began on March 8th. The agreement with the refs wasn't made until March 19th. So you definitely had games without the actual referees on the field. I don't know, man. I think I speak for all of you when I say, like, we want the most competent referees possible officiating these games because it sucks when a game comes down to a bad call rather than the play on the field. Yeah, I never thought we'd be rooting for, please just give us Ted Uncle. Like, that's all we're asking for. But it's going to be worse and less qualified than that. Like, someone's doing, you know, rec league, lower division college, and they're going to be doing an MLS game. Like, the, I just, I don't know how they're going to keep up with it. And like you said, you're, Wednesday night, you've got the premier, you know, the beloved darling of the the league trotting out there, and that's not Real Salt Lake if you're keeping score at home, and you're going to have a replacement official out there, and who knows? But I think similar to the NFL, like the if you're a ref, you're just hoping for some laughable officiating to demonstrate you got to get us back, and I think more than likely that's probably what's going to happen. If you go along without them and everything goes fine, then there's no there's no impetus for the league uh, to to get a deal done. But if you go out there and you've got cards that are handed out that are kind of ridiculous, if you've got VAR decisions that are being made by guys that don't understand the process, then it's going to be a mess and they'll get it done quick that way. That part will be really interesting, I think, with the VAR and how that's handled with the replacement referees. Like you said, it just might it's probably a whole new system for them. Like they're kind of learning on the fly. Like they were just told what, like, a week ago, a couple days ago, that this is happening. So it's going to be like a cram session, college style of just trying to learn all the rules. And they have like the new, have you, you guys haven't talked about like the new, uh, like injury sub rules this year where they only get like 10 seconds to get off the field now when you're subbing out. So there's going to be a little extra, like small rule changes like that too that no one's dealt with before. Well, and let's face it, like the knowledgeable, you know, quality referees don't know how to use the freaking VAR system. So, and honestly, this is what the NFL referees like banked on. They were just like, okay, fine. Like, you don't want to give us what we want. There's your product. Enjoy it. And it took three weeks for them to be like, all right, we need competent officiating. But, you know, at the end of the day, those first three weeks, they still counted towards the regular season. So there's a good chance that one or two or three games could have a major impact on the final standings because of officiating early on. One thing that people don't talk a whole lot about is I think, you know, these guys that have been doing these games, they see the players and a lot of the 
a lot of managing the game is like managing the players and getting to know them. And you have officials that are out there that see the same players that that understand, you know, when a card might be needed and when, you know, go and talk to them and settle down and, you know, sort of man management kind of stuff that any replacement ref just isn't going to have because they have no experience with these people. They don't know them. They don't know how to manage that game and navigate officiating in a way that these guys do. And I'm sure all of us can point to decisions and games where we disagree with it. But, I mean, push comes to shove. They are the best officials that we're going to get. And if you replace them, it's not getting better. Yeah, agreed. What are the odds that we can get first game, terrible calls, Messi's frustrated and says, I got all this new Apple money that they're paying me. I'm going to pay the rest myself, get the real guys back in here. I mean, Messi's not going to pay anyone himself, but. Uh... Including the Spanish tax authorities. Yeah, Good one. Hey, that's the dream I'm saying. Just one game and done. Get the regular guys back in there. Let's just hope that the replacement refs are as great as you replacement podcast hosts. Because then we'll be just fine. But if the replacement refs aren't great, let's just hope that, you know, Minnesota United does as much as it might make some of you cringe minnesota united does have a lot of packer fans that are owed some replacement ref karma and that can come uh in favor of minnesota united so if the replacement refs suck hopefully we get some points out of it i also you know just really quick on what pa said too i worry about injuries because like i think a lot of times you know an official the way he kind of controls the game is you get a you get a hard you get a hard foul or you know, whatever, and you, you show a card early or something, kind of let the game flow the way it's going to flow. Like, you know, you worry about guys like Reynoso who, you know, they, they kind of go after him a little bit. Will people be willing to put forth a harder slide because that replacement official is afraid to give a yellow or, you know, whatever, or, you know, what that, what is that going to look like? Do they keep their cards in their pockets? Cause they don't want to, you know, and they end up affecting the game in a different way. Like it's, it's going to be interesting. And and I do worry about the injury piece. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Ray gets picked on a ton. And right, really what keeps Ray in the game is the officials starting to step in and say, hey, you can't just hack at this guy all game long. So, yeah, you're, you are absolutely right. I never thought about that. Any other thoughts on the replacement refs? Oh, sorry. If they're quick to give yellows... I mean, you know how Ray loves his stupid yellow cards, so that could be a problem That's true. too. That's true. So maybe, maybe that that would be good. You know, maybe Ray will agree to come on Pot on You Loons and explain. Would you rather have replacement refs or not? <laughs> because he might he might actually benefit from this because he'll be able to do you know what he does, but he'll also you know have people kicking at his shins. So we'll see. All right. I got one final story. This one wasn't in our original show notes. This one kind of came to light a few hours ago. We're recording on Sunday night. So James Nelton reports on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it that the MLS. So, uh, of course, Justin and I, we did an episode a week or so ago. And Justin and I just talked about all the cups that Minnesota United gets to look forward to this year, specifically the League's Cup in the U.S. Open Cup. 
As you know, as Justin and I talked about, the MLS tried to weasel its way out of its obligations to the U.S. Open Cup. And it seemed like, oh, sorry, MLS, your plan, which I, as a fan of cups, I rejoiced. I want the MLS teams to be in the U.S. Open Cup. Well, the MLS hasn't completely settled and, uh, you know, resigned to playing in the U.S. Open Cup. It now wants no more than eight of its clubs to play in the U.S. Open Cup due to what it calls, quote, scheduling conflicts. I don't know, man. I don't know if we need to go in a full rant. I ranted quite a bit in the last episode, so I should probably just shut up. But do any of you guys have a reaction? Or should I first just ask, like, is it just me and Justin? Do you guys like the U.S. Open Cup? I guess I've I've never asked. Do the three of you like the U.S. Open Cup? Yeah, I definitely like. I'm totally with you. I was all for your rant last week. Yeah, I mean, more cups are good. And even... You know, even though, like you said, the first couple matches, teams usually have, you know, some of their backups in and stuff. Like, I still enjoy that because you get to see some guys that you normally see for, like, maybe two minutes a game. So even those first couple matches, I did enjoy watching. But, yeah, I mean, like you guys said, I think it's definitely just like a money thing that MLS is like, ah, we're not going to make enough money off this. So I'm all for it. Get, Get every MLS team back in it. I'm pro Open Cup. I like it. I mean, you can understand the MLS's position because the appeal of the cup is the upsets. And, you know, MLS, where they're sitting, they're not the team that's going to be pulling that off. They're going to be the victim of the upset. And, you know, letting these lower level teams go out there and take shots at them. Uh, I know they complained about the quality of the broadcast and things, but, you know, then step up and, you know, lend some of your expertise, make the broadcast better. I think there's a, a major disconnect there, obviously, that I mean, that's a whole nother podcast episode of MLS versus every other part of the U.S. soccer system. I'm just I'm going to be disappointed if they're not in the Open Cup. Uh, and a big part of it, I just I don't buy the oh, there's there's so many scheduling conflicts. I mean, you created an entire cup that you took a month off to have a cup with. Liga MX and it was fun and we did well in that but don't pretend like that didn't contribute to the fixture congestion I mean it it really does reek to me of you know I never thought the leopards would eat my face says woman who voted for face eating leopard party like (laughs) you really you created a lot of games for your clubs you didn't expand your roster like you you want to maintain all these you know, limits on players and spending to limit costs, but then you don't want your clubs to go out there and and compete in the oldest cup competition that we have. It, it just to me, it it fits into a bigger picture of you know Super League and all the changes that are being made to Champions League. I think globally the game is going through a lot of changes, and I don't personally think that any of them are being driven for the benefit of the game. I think they're being driven for the benefit of, you know, a couple of rich guys that are trying to build their own Scrooge McDuck vault full of gold coins that they can take a swim in. But I think it is one of the most obvious examples of where the MLS is just trying to do their own thing and then come up with these cockamamie excuses that, oh, there's too many games. 
well, you just created a bunch of them. Like, let's not pretend like you didn't contribute to this problem for yourself and now want to turn around and complain about it. Well, and I, I guess it, I don't know too many fans that that don't like the Cubs. Like, it, I haven't really seen anywhere where people are complaining about the U.S. Open Cup or don't like it and maybe, you know, whatever. But, I, I, I mean, it's so much fun to sit there and I mean, like we went to the Omaha game when Omaha beat us and it sucked that they beat us, but it was so fun. Like it's fun to see them play against these smaller clubs and be able to have a chance to, you know, compete and, you know, to try to win a trophy. And, and especially when maybe we're not going to compete for an MLS cup, but you know, we might be able to, you know, sneak in and win a league cup. You know, you might be able to put something like that together. And I also yeah, just think that Houston like, won the U.S. Open Cup last year. Houston, right? And I also Houston, think can, that we it's can. Th this idea of growing the game, right? Like, where when else is Detroit going to get to like host LAFC or whatever? Or, you know, whatever. I know that's a you know because they make everything regional and all that. But like, where else are these these smaller areas? They get to see some of these clubs. Like, hey, there's a chance. Like. What if Messi got drawn to a smaller venue? What if, you know, like all these different things, like to me, like the FA Cup, as an example, is just the most, one of the most fun tournaments in the world, in my opinion. And, and like how cool it is to see these big clubs go to these small towns and like, you're, you know, play in these games and, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, it might be backups or even third stringers for some of those clubs, but it's still a, a cool experience. And that draws in fans. And people like that thing. And people people see you by saying we don't want to play in something like this as an elitist league. And guess what? You're not an elitist league. You're you're a league that's still trying to grow. And I think getting in the way of the cups and, and not supporting the cups is is just bad form. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys just validated my rant that I had last week. So Anytime someone validates your rant, like you feel pretty good because, right? Just means that you weren't just being ridiculous. Alone. So I'm not alone. I am not alone. And yeah, like, guys, I, I, I think us, you know, capitalism is going to capitalism to, to borrow some words from Justin. Capitalism is going to capitalism. And I'm, I'm not anti-capitalism, but part of capitalism is responding to consumer demand. And you all listening, you are all consumers and consumers play a part in capitalism too. And so as the consumer, I think if you are frustrated that the MLS is poo-pooing the U.S. Open Cup, I think you should let them know. As I am right now on this podcast that I know everyone in the Minnesota United Brass listens to as much as possible. They probably listen to this episode like three or four times a piece. So. No, I, I just make make your voice heard, right? Make your voice heard because they want your money. So make your voice heard. So Sam, when uh, are you encouraging the Wonderwall to buy their remote controlled cars like the Bundesliga fans have now and start driving around on the field during the game to protest the uh, the capitalist investors taking over? When When will the fans begin rising up with their gas canisters on the back of a big wheel pickup truck driving around while a referee chases it um off air we were talking about like 
you know, two of us on this call have kids. Two of us do not. And the two of you without kids are, are very happy with your decision. And uh, you get to follow the Bundesliga and their remote control car protests. And I have no idea what you're talking about, PA. I can be honest with you. I'm going to validate you again, Sam. With kids, never heard of that. So, it's oh, good stuff. Have me I mean, back it sounds interesting. Hay League starting up. We can come back and talk about Korea too. You'll have no idea what's going on. Well, I'll have some hot takes on Kim Chong Sanmu, the the uh, Korean military club for for young players. I'll be honest with you. I haven't even been watching Chelsea lately, and Chelsea is my first like soccer. Lo like, I will always watch every Minnesota United game. It helps that they're playing in the evening, but. I can't even keep up with Chelsea these days. And, and it's not because they're not as good as they used to be. It's just, I can't keep up with it. Jeremy was watching uh, Chelsea play Man City and he's cheering for Chelsea because uh, he he's an Arsenal fan and he wants Arsenal to win the league. So Jeremy's like texting me about it. And I'm like, yeah, keep the blue flag flying high, man. Did, did Chelsea win, Jeremy? I don't even know. Like th they... They drew. They they gave up a late of goal. Of course they did. Of course they did. So like it's it's not that I I don't still love Chelsea. It's not that I don't still want to keep the blue flag flying high. It's it's not that I'm just being fair weather because they haven't been as good as they once were. Though I am a little annoyed that they got rid of like all their players and brought in a bunch of guys that I don't know. I am a little bit annoyed by that, but it's just. It's a lot of work to follow Minnesota United close enough that you can have a podcast about it and also be like a Green Bay Packer and Wisconsin Badger fan. I have a really hard time watching the European leagues these days, and I have no idea what you're talking about, PA. I don't know. I've got the two screens on Saturday morning. We got the TV going. We got the iPad. We got multiple games happening at the same time. It's it's glorious yeah. over here. I, See, I knew I, lo I love this guy. I knew I love this guy. And that's the way I would do it, too. But with football <laughs> we did it with soccer i remember decision day of the premier league we had so jeremy and i lived together for like three years and we would go all out for for football we would have about three tvs just regularly in our living room during football season but we'd get them out for uh the ncaa tournament and decision day for the english premier league Minnesota United wasn't a thing back then, so we weren't following the MLS super closely, but we called it Buffalo Wild Wings. It was glorious, wasn't it, Doomsday? It was, it was. I still got to get you over to come watch a game over here one of these days. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. It'll be fun. I might bring a kid, but you kid-friendly? You child-proofed? No, I don't even <laughs> I don't have railings on the stairs, so I'm not even, like, me-proofed. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. So and the uh the nutshell version the there's an investor group investing in the the dfl german soccer and the fans are upset so they've been throwing tennis balls onto the field uh the refs have to run around and pick them up and this past weekend they added remote control cars that drive around so it's harder for them and you end up with like this 10 minute stoppage in the middle of a game and the announcers have to explain like it's almost like the super bowl and oh there's a streaker that's why we're not playing a game right yeah. now you now have to explain to people what's happened to the game. And so it forces the announcers to talk about, oh, the, the fan protests and it drives awareness of what the fans are upset about. So 
maybe we'll have uh, someone in the Wonderwall with their little remote control car. And uh, they just added this past weekend a gas canister releasing smoke off the back of the the vehicle as it was driving around. I think that was uh, okay. Rostock. Well, uh, any Minnesota United fans listening right now, be safe. Don't do anything illegal. Like, you know, keep in mind you're mad at the league, not necessarily Minnesota United. These are league decisions, not necessarily Minnesota United. So. Be smart, be safe, be legal, okay? My my bit of advice. Hey, thank you for listening to part one. Again, we are just talking about the serious stuff. Coming up, part number two, we're just going to talk about the kit. We're going to publish it very shortly if we haven't already. Look for it in your feed. Thanks for listening. See you soon.